Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Today's episode is going to be very chilled out. I have been into cold exposure to help manage my anxiety as well as recovery from workouts and also to boost immunity for quite a while now. And it's been an incredible tool for enhancing my overall health and performance. But I fess up, it still takes me tremendous willpower to get into an ice bath every time. My guest today is a truly cool woman who does not have this issue and who knows how to overcome it. Adrian Jezik is a cold coach and co-founder of the Morosco Forge Ice Bath, and her story of healing physically, emotionally, and spiritually is powerful and amazing because she did it with cold water. Adrian's experience is about the healing and strength we can harness when we move beyond our discomfort. Adrian was diagnosed with three autoimmune diseases in 2013, which set her on her journey of healing. In 2017, she started her practice of deliberate cold exposure via cold water immersion and since is free from the debilitating illness symptoms she was dealing with, and she's helping others to do the same. Adrienne created the Morosco Method, a sensory immersion meditation technique for deliberate cold exposure, and she's also the host of the Morosco Method podcast where she shares how her spiritual approach to ice bath therapy has transformed her physical, mental, and emotional health. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Adrian, thank you so much for making time today to come on the Superhumanized podcast. I am really psyched to talk about all things cold and healing with you. Thank you for having me. I am excited to be here. And those are some of my favorite topics. Outstanding. And when I researched you, I came across some previous interviews. And something I found fascinating is you said cold doesn't exist. It's the absence of thermal energy. And there's still a lot of people who are panicking when they're just thinking about spending a few minutes in an ice bath, even knowing that cold quote doesn't exist. And you also said that you're actually not a cold person. So I'd really love to learn from you, how was your journey from not liking the cold to doing ice baths every day? So that that is funny because I grew up in Florida and yeah. I lived in Hawaii and Phoenix summers are still four years into this practice. Phoenix summers are still my favorite time of year. So I still prefer the heat. And I like to say that's how I was at my complete wits end with illness. I had all the medications, the vitamins, the supplements, the natural remedies, the food changes, no matter what I did, even if I did feel a little bit better, I was never able to get rid of the symptoms of my illness. It mm -hmm. felt like I was just putting band-aids on things. So when my husband came to me and we'd been reading about it, we'd been talking about it and he tried it a couple of times and said, I really think you ought to try this. I was like, no, absolutely not. Like what, how on earth can just sitting in cold water have such a profound impact? And again, even though I was reading about it and learning about it, it was terrifying to me. It was terrifying to me to put myself in a position where possibly my body wouldn't be able to regulate or be able to handle it. Because for one, I was so sick. So I felt like I had nothing left to give. I felt like I didn't have the strength to move through a practice like this. And two, 
I didn't like to be cold. One of the autoimmune conditions I had was Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which has an effect on your body's ability to regulate temperature. Mm -hmm. So I thought I have this chronic illness and I'm really sick. And what happens if I go into the cold and something worse happens? Like what happens if I get worse? What happens if I feel worse? And like I say, that's how I knew that I was at the end of my rope because At that point, I would have tried anything to feel better. Anything. If you would have told me to swallow an egg and stand upside down and chant a prayer, I probably would have done it. And luckily for me, it was just take a nice bath. And Um, I would love to learn a little bit more because you just shared with us, you you were at the end of your rope, you were dealing with Hashimoto's. In fact, you had been... Uh, diagnosed with three autoimmune diseases, right? Yes. Within just a couple short years. So I was healthy my whole life. I thought that I was healthy my whole life. And then in my early thirties, I started to get really sick Mm -hmm. and it started with extreme weight gain. So I gained about 50 pounds in less than a year. I had heartburn so bad that it hurt to drink water or eat Mm -hmm. any kind of food. And The more doctors I went to, the more autoimmune conditions were piled on. So it started with Hashimoto's and then eosinophilic esophagitis, which is an autoimmune of the the esophagus, where you develop hives in your esophagus based on whatever your allergies are, be it to food or external uh, environmental allergies. And then urticaria, where my whole body on the outside turned into a hive based on what I was allergic to. And now I didn't have an allergy in my life until this point. I'd eaten eggs my whole life. And all of a sudden at 32 years old, I couldn't eat eggs. And it was shocking. It was terrifying. I was tired all the time. I was sick all the time. And I kept getting prescribed more and more pills, more and more pills. At the height of it, I was taking more than 20 prescription vitamins, pills, and supplements per day and getting two live antibody shots per month from an allergy just to what I thought was survive, but I wasn't surviving. I was barely surviving. I missed a lot of work. I couldn't go to the mall with my stepsons because I couldn't be around perfumes or artificial fragrances, or I was terrified of eating out at a restaurant because what if one offending ingredient was in something and I didn't know, or I didn't think to ask or I ingest it. Now all of a sudden I'm reaching for an EpiPen, which luckily for me, it never got that bad. I had to carry one for a while, but I never had to use one, but it was just like years. It was like three years of just getting worse and worse. And it was having an impact on everything in my life, my relationships to people, my relationship to food, my relationship to myself, and just feeling physically drained all the time. So I didn't even think I'd be capable of doing this practice. And from my very first ice bath, I was proven that this can change your life. And it took nine seconds. It was nine seconds in my first ice bath and it completely changed my life. Tell us about (laughs) these seconds because I am. Thank you for sharing this part of your life's journey. It's just sounds so harrowing and debilitating. And the reason also why I wanted you to go into that is to give the audience a point of reference, you know, how bad it really was for you. And also to make crystal clear that no matter how bad you feel, don't give up hope and you are capable of much more than you could ever believe. And your body is capable of so much more than you would ever believe. But so tell us about these nine seconds. So there you are. So what goes through your mind and then how did it feel getting in? Because we're not talking just cold water. We're talking an ice bath. What's the temperature? An ice ice bath. And I don't remember what the temperature was. I know we filled uh, a trough in Phoenix, Arizona in November with several dozens of pounds of ice. And I do want to point on what you said right now. No matter how far you, you, you made a beautiful point, no matter how far gone you are in your illness, no matter what you're going through no matter what you feel you don't have to give, this is a passive, for the most part, passive therapy. You show up, you sit down, you breathe, you change your life. Mm -hmm. So it's not like working out. It's not a complete 
food regimen overhaul. This is something you show up, you sit down, you have an instant result from this experience. And that's part of what kept me coming back for more. So my very first ice bath, we, we sat in the backyard and this was my, at the time, my husband and a friend of ours. And now the three of us are business partners and then another mutual friend. And we moved through the practice of Wim Hof breathing, which Mm -hmm. is a very hyperventilative, holotropic, hyperactive breath work. It's very active. It's very mm, high energy. And so we psyched ourselves out on this breath work. We're in the backyard in Phoenix. It's technically cold because it's not a hundred (laughs) degrees. And we fill this bath full of ice and my solution to, to make sure that I did this, to keep myself from chickening out. My solution was to hover my body over the bath. So I've got this six foot long, two by two feed trough, this metal feed trough filled with water and ice. And I put one foot on each side and I put one hand on each side. And these videos are everywhere. You guys, you can (laughs) see me at my heaviest, like just terrified dropping myself into this water, but that's what I did. I hovered over it. I dropped myself in. I stayed underwater and held my breath. Turns out I could do that for nine seconds before (laughs) I completely freaked out and leapt out of the tub. And for a minute, just felt, am I alive? What just happened? There was this experience of I was in, I was out. It was shocking. What was that? And what, what is happening right now? And at first, it was just a matter of catching my breath and being back in the moment. Okay, uh, uh, my hands are here. My feet are here. Everything's still attached and I'm alive and I'm breathing. And then the first thing that I noticed was this feeling of exhilaration and empowerment. I just did that. I just took a nice bath. I didn't care that it was nine seconds at the time. I didn't even realize how long it was. I just knew that I did it. And I was like, here I am, sick as I could be, not feeling like I have anything to give. And I took an ice bath. To me, that was the equivalent of moving a mountain. Mm -hmm. To me, that was the most empowering thing that I'd done in my life to that point. And I'd done some cool things. Like I, I, but taking an ice bath was that thing that was like, that was my mountain. That was my mountain that I moved. And the very first thing, I noticed in my body doing that check-in, okay, my hands are here, my feet are here. The pain in my legs had gone away. Now this is pain in my legs that I've lived with for years throughout my entire illness. Pain that sometimes was so bad, I couldn't push a gas pedal on my car to get to work in the morning. Pain that I could sit on a four-inch memory foam mattress in bed and lie there with heating pads, cooling pads, TENS units and the whole bit and still feel this pain. It was gone from my legs. I could jump up and down and I didn't feel like my legs were being beaten with sledgehammers. And that was a miracle to me. What was that? And how long did that last after this first ice bath? After that nine second ice bath, it lasted, I know at least a day, I think a couple of days, but I know at least a day because we had done that ice bath on a Saturday or a Sunday. And I just remember the whole next stage just being like, wow, wow, I'm going to do it again. Even right after I got out, I was like, I'm definitely going to do that again. Not today. (laughs) And I am going to do this again because it made me feel really good. And then what I noticed was the more that I did it, the longer that pain would stay away. Even now, if I go too long, and it's been quite some time since I've been more than a couple of weeks without an ice bath, but if I go more than a few weeks without an ice bath, sometimes that pain comes back. Sometimes that inflammation and that tenderness and that swelling comes back. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's been quite a while since I've tested that because I've been pretty on my practice. Yes. And so there's two things that really uh, move me here. The one thing is for a person, and I have friends who have been in chronic pain for many years. So for someone who's been dealing with such pain for such a long time to experience how it is to be pain-free and have that as a new point of reference, and that's possible. So not just physically, but I think also psychologically to know that's possible can infuse you with new hope. And the other thing that I would 
to ask you about is what is the science behind that? So how do they explain, how does these, this cold exposure actually and actually immediately and then also sustainably, cumulatively get rid of chronic pain? How does that work? I'm not a doctor. I will say this is based on my experience and what I've learned along the way. The number one thing it does is it removes inflammation. Mm -hmm. So when our bodies are in pain, when we're working through these healing, like we're inflamed. And a lot of times we don't even realize how inflamed we are, how deep that inflammation goes. So the first thing that I think that it helps with is the removal of that inflammation because it's cold water it's penetrating. It's deeply penetrating through the skin to attack that inflammation. The other reason I think that the empowerment comes in is because 30 seconds in those freezing temperatures. So below 35 degrees, 30 seconds in, if you're all the way up to the neck, you get a surge of dopamine and norepinephrine. Mm -hmm. There, there is nothing else that we can do that gives us that amount of dopamine and norepinephrine to help calm the body. And part of the reason that happens because below 35 is because you're putting yourself in a state of fight or flight. Your body goes, Oh my goodness, I'm dying. I have to slow everything down. I have to calm everything down and I have to get to work. So one of the things it does is to give you that surge of norepinephrine and dopamine. Another thing it does is it boosts your immune system and your metabolism, because once again, your body's I have to save you. I have to make sure that I kick you into high gear and I have to give you the best chance of survival in this experience. Now, I mentally, even at the time, didn't realize I wasn't dying. It still felt like I was dying at first. My body understands that it has a job to do. So because it's kicking my immune system into high gear and it's stimulating my metabolism and it's focusing all of its energy on my core and keeping that body heat in my core, my body suddenly has a job to do. I'm thinking after all of these years with autoimmune and all of these years in reversing autoimmune, I'm thinking, what is autoimmune? Autoimmune attacks my body. Autoimmune is my body attacking itself. And I think of it like a dog without a job. If the dog doesn't have a job, the dog is nervous, it's anxious, it runs in circles, and it has no purpose, and it starts being destructive. Mm. As soon as I introduced my body to this external modality, my body had a job to do. It had to keep me alive. So instead of turning inward on itself, it turned outward to that external thing that I introduced it to and said, we have a job to do. We have to keep you alive. The more I did that, the more my body continued to focus externally instead of internally. Mm. And I think that our bodies are meant to go through these things. Our bodies are meant to experience extreme cold in order to build that physical resilience, experience extreme heat in order to build that physical resilience, experience some starvation, intermittent and extended fasting can even has shown in just eight hours to have an effect on the way our bodies. Our bodies need these extremes in order to build resilience physically, mentally, and emotionally. Because one of the things I've learned about taking ice baths and putting myself in a deliberate cold exposure environment is that this is a lot of mental practice. Physically, I can tell myself, this is what cold feels like. That's a whole new sensation. My body hasn't experienced this sensation before. This is what cold feels like. The other reason, and I've said this before, the other reason I think this is such an effective modality is because it's passive and instant. You show up, you sit down, you breathe, you immediately feel a result. When I'm working out, sometimes it can take two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to see those results. When I'm fasting, it takes 24 hours, 48 hours, usually 72 for me at this point to get into that real flow state, that focused mind flow state of fasting. Mm. So most of what we're doing, even if we're taking a vitamin or a supplement or a superfood, it's going to take some time to work its way through the system. When it comes to even a sauna, it takes 30, 45 minutes, and sometimes it takes a couple hours for those effects to happen. With an ice bath, two minutes, hmm. two minutes, and you have a drastic experience. 
that is absolutely fascinating and I think also very relevant because we live in a day and age where we do expect, we're conditioned as consumers to expect immediate results. So mm-hmm. in, in a way, psychologically, that would also help somebody who is at the end of their ropes and has tried everything to actually stick with it. And whether you are trying to heal from chronic illness or pain, or whether you are wanting to enhance your already good health and fitness. I have friends who rave about ice baths. They would not do without them. And it has helped them achieve peak performance physically and also mentally. Now you said that of course, it also has a huge impact on you mentally. The one thing is your body recognizes, okay, this is cold, but do you remember how long it actually took you to be able to spend two full minutes? I do. It was my third or fourth ice bath experience. It might've been the fifth, but it was between three and five. And what was happening was we were doing it about once a week, sometimes every other week. And we would do the Wim Hof breathing. And what I noticed after about the third or fourth session with the Wim Hof breathing was that high energy was creating anxiety. And the way that I was dropping myself into the water was creating anxiety. So I realized it because also going through cold exposure, you end up creating a deeper relationship between the conversation of the body to the brain. So there were a lot of things offline in my body. And after only just one, two or three ice baths, these conversations were coming back online from my body where my body was saying, Hey, this is what you need. Or, Hey, let's, let's explore this feeling or this physical sensation a little bit. So within the first few ice baths, I was realizing that the hyperventilative breathing through Wim Hof was creating a high energy, anxious, competitive mind state, whereas I needed to move into low energy and calm mind state. Mm -hmm. And I also realized that because I was dropping myself in the water, I was creating a physical muscle memory of prior to ice bath violence. It was aggression. It was extreme. And then by leaping out afterwards, same thing. I'm solidifying that physical muscle memory of this extreme experience and the the aggression and the violence and the high energy of the competition of it. So I was standing in front of it one day in front of the ice after the Wim Hof breathing, and I'm feeling very high energy, very competitive, and I'm anxious. And I was struggling. I was like, I know that if I get in, I'm going to feel better. And I'm scared. I've done this before and I'm scared. I'm terrified of stepping in. And my now business partner, Dr. Thomas P. Seeger, who's also the CEO of Morosco Forge says, Adrian, what if you just stepped in up to the knees? And then once you're up to the knees, you sat down. And by the time he even said this much, all these things are going through my brain. I'm thinking of dialectical behavioral therapy where you want to get in touch with the senses. So I'm thinking I'm in my backyard. What do I hear? What do I see? What do I feel? What do I taste? What do I smell? I'm grounding myself through the senses because in dialectical behavioral therapy, when you're experiencing anxiety, you get in touch with your physical senses. It's bringing you out of your headspace and into your body space, helps pull everything down a little bit. And so I'm thinking about what he's saying and the deliberate intention of stepping into the cold calmly and slowly. And by the time he says, get to the knees, I'm at the knees. And by the time he sets it down, I'm sitting down and I'm leaning back and I'm telling myself, what do I smell? What do I see? What do I feel? And I'm realizing this is what I feel. This is what cold feels like. And I kept saying this in my head. This is what cold feels like. This is good for me. This is good for my body. This is good for my brain. I know when I step out of the cold, I'm going to feel good. This is what cold feels like. And I'm just sitting there and I'm breathing and I'm, I'm looking around. I can see Tom. I can see Jason. I can see my friend Maya. I can see the backyard. I can hear my cat meowing. The dogs are out. The sun is shining. The leaves are blowing in the breeze. And it became this mindful meditative moment of 
clarity and calm in my brain that I'd never experienced before. I never experienced, even through meditation and yoga and these different modalities, I never experienced this state of calm, clarity, this quietness of my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I reached two minutes, I was like, wow, two minutes. It felt like 15 seconds. Wow. And at that point, none of my ice baths had been past 30, 45. All of a sudden, my mind shifted. I was able to calm myself and ground myself before getting in. So that once I was in, I was already in that calm meditative state. I could explain to my brain and my body that this is what cold feels like. This is Adrian. This is what it feels like. And then when you get out, you feel amazing. Hmm. And that's just what I did. That's fantastic. And you know, I, I have had a practice of taking ice baths. That's a while ago now. It also was very beneficial for me, but like yourself, I, you know, I have great respect for Wim Hof. I think what he's doing has helped so many people. Oh, it's great. Like the right thing for so many people. I myself, I'm also more, I've been, I've had anxiety all my life. I'm doing really well with it by now due via different healing modalities. But so for me, that was exactly also the kind of state I would be getting in. So you have actually inspired me to look at ice baths again and to try your method. I have never thought about combining it with an actual um, mindful approach like you did and combining it with a kind of a dialectical therapy approach. That's really fantastic. Are there any other tips on deliberate cold exposure techniques that you could share? This already so valuable. Yes. Anything else that would be great, maybe other healing modalities that would pair well with cold exposure or techniques to make it even easier and more pleasurable. So any tips that you have, I'd love to hear them. Yes. Yes. So I developed the Morosco method, which is a deliberate cold exposure, sensory immersive guided experience for carrying people through the cold. And now you can do this for your clients or you can do this for yourself. I also have meditations online on our YouTube channel under Morotsko Forge meditation playlist. You can go right in and hear me guide you directly through an ice bath. I tell you what to do every step of the way. And what I do is I combine multiple modalities prior to ever stepping into the water. I'm starting with dialectical behavioral therapy and grounding you through the senses using lighting, aromatherapy. I also use sound and vibration therapy with singing bowls so that I pick a frequency typically through the crown chakra. I'm picking a frequency that leaves you open and calm. And I'm also guiding you using yoga nidra. So checking in with your feet, feeling them grounded beneath you, noticing your arms hanging loosely by your side, beginning with the breath. And it's important with the breath to remember to breathe deeply and slowly into the belly. When we're breathing in the chest, we're still in that hyperactive state. We're still in that anxious state. When we can breathe into our belly, really push the belly out as we're breathing in and pull the belly in as we're breathing out, we're moving more into that parasympathetic state and dropping our anxiety. Anything that you can do to calm yourself before stepping into the water. And then knowing that when you do step into the water, there is no hesitation. You've made a decision. You're stepping in, you're sitting down, you're leaning back, you're breathing. That first 30 to 45 seconds is the most difficult because you are likely to hyperventilate and that's okay. That's another experience of fight or flight that we get the opportunity to teach ourselves to move through. And when we can make our minds stronger than our most physical response of fight or flight, we then have the power with our minds to control our emotional state and work through our emotional state in a responsive way instead of a reactive way in other aspects of our life. So driving through traffic or having a difficult emotional conversation, going on a job interview, being on a podcast interview or on stage, we are able to then access these tools that we've taught ourselves in emotional grounding from prior to ever entering the cold. And the other thing I like to tell myself is, and my clients, this is what cold feels like. We are so out of touch 
with what things are supposed to feel like. We move from climate-controlled environment to climate-controlled environment. We don't even experience these extremes, most of us. And many of us have even grown up in cold climates. And they say, you know what? I dealt with Chicago winters for 20 years. I'm never going in the cold again. (laughs) What if you could flip that conversation? What if you could reverse that conversation and make friends and I think you're touching upon something really crucial here. You mentioned it before as well. We're not used to being outside of our comfortable climate control, literally our comfort zones. And it is making yeah. us sick. It's making us sick because our bodies were made to, like you mentioned before, our bodies were made to actually withstand extreme cold, extreme heat, being exposed to these kinds of situations, temperatures, stimuli. It actually helps us heal, keep healthy, heal ourselves. It actually also enables us to live longer and healthier because it activates our sirtuins, which are our longevity genes. And the more comfortable we're in life, which a lot of us obviously strive through, I'm no stranger to it. Netflix and a hot cocoa and not move all the mm-hmm. Wonderful. But the more we strive for being as comfortable as possible, the more we're doing a disservice, not only to our bodies, but also our minds. And so you've mentioned the immediate effects this first ice bath had to you. And I'd mm-hmm. like to learn how in particular it has changed your life with your autoimmune diseases. And then also in general, what benefits of cold exposure can people expect? I think the first and foremost, like I said, even if you do one ice bath, your entire life, you do one ice bath, you will be a changed person. If you think of the way that neural pathways are created in our brains and you move through this extreme experience and you have this positive reaction because of all of this norepinephrine and dopamine, you've just changed your brain. You've mm-hmm. created tens of thousands of new neural pathways from this place of norepinephrine and dopamine filled empowerment. So I think the first thing that it helped me with, not only the removal of the inflammation and the pain, but I think what the biggest change was that emotional and mental empowerment, finding a natural modality that was creating this dopamine hit, this norepinephrine, this, I call it a cocktail of feel good feelings that all I had to do was show up and sit down for that in and of itself became addicting to me. And I felt like I had a tool now for those days when it was just too hard or it was too mentally taxing or too emotional, or if I was emotionally dysregulated. So one of the reasons I was in dialectical behavioral therapy for more than a decade was because I was learning coping skills. I'd lived the first 30 plus years of my life in a state of fight or flight, in a state of fighting all the time and always on the defense and from a trauma-filled childhood and working through that, powering through that as an adult, this was like my brain's way of saying, you don't have to always be fighting. Yeah. You can calm down a little bit and let things happen. So in one way I became empowered and strong. And another way I stopped feeling like a victim of my illness because part of being chronically ill is you're told you're going to die and this illness is going to kill you. And if you don't take these pills, you're definitely going to die. And so I was such a victim of my illness. I was a victim of the depression, the anxiety that came from being in chronic pain, that amount of wear on the body and the brain and the emotions day after day, year after year, that's not the type of stress our bodies are meant to go through. So all of a sudden I was finding this good stress, this you stress to put my body through that was making me stronger. So like when you do a hundred pushups, you're tearing your muscles, you're ripping that tissue, you're inflaming it on purpose to make it stronger. Moving through deliberate cold exposure was similar to that, except with none of the inflammation and all of the benefit. And I didn't have to do a hundred pushups and I didn't have to work out for four weeks to see those results. So because it was instantaneous, because it was empowering, because it was helping me move myself from a victim mindset to a mindset of empowerment, everything else started to fall into place. I just felt stronger Mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally, I felt stronger. I felt like I could do things. I felt like I could see possibility again. 
In my deepest state of my illness, there was no tomorrow. There was no possibility. I woke up with 23 spoons. And if I used them before breakfast, it's all I had. It was impossible to think of booking plans for a friend's wedding a month from then or booking a vacation with my husband two months from then because I could barely get through the day. Now I have this modality that not only helped me get through the day, it helped me feel strong about the possibility of what a future could look like. And once I could picture that, I could picture getting off the medication. I could picture making myself well. So I think it started with my brain. I think it started with my emotional state. And I think the physical caught up to that because once I decided I was strong, once I decided I was no longer a victim of my illness, everything else started to become just a little bit easier. Mm, That's profound, Adrienne. Yes. And uh, also, again, proves mind over matter. Yes. And so what if it were a placebo effect? That's the most powerful placebo effect I'd had. And if placebo, if I believed in it that well from a pill, if I could take a pill and the pill made me feel that way, great. But I was tweaking 20 a day and never felt that great. Yes. And so I was also- like, if I have to be this extremely uncomfortable for two minutes, or do I want to be extremely uncomfortable all day? I'll take two minutes, hands down. Uh-huh. Hell yes. And what you just said, I think there is a lot of people tend to think negatively about the placebo effect. Whereas I think about it, look, a placebo effect is basically the power that your mind has over your body to affect change. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. What is more powerful, more important, more profound than that? And I think that our capacities for healing are much, much greater than we know are certainly much greater than our current culture wants to make us believe. Right now, a lot of the I'm so grateful for Western medicine and also for pharmaceuticals has they have their place. They have a place. Yeah, they can be life saving. But I don't think we're meant to be a lifelong consumers of certain pharmaceuticals. There are, they can help manage symptoms. They can help acute conditions, but there's much more we can do. And in the end, a lot of us can actually also be free from having to take medications for the rest of our lives by, because the healing powers of our body are so great. However, we're not really taught that. So I think the work that you are doing, your husband um, is doing, um, is, is just fantastic. And for a lot of people, so that was your own healing journey. Um, I know friends who actually, they use cold exposure for healthy aging, for creating stronger uh, muscles and a stronger vascular system. I, I know uh, guy friends who use it actually for raising in a natural way, their testosterone levels. This testosterone, yep. Yeah. To, to further healing. A lot of athletes like to use uh, cold therapy to accelerate healing and recovery. I have friends who actually have gotten rid of pharmaceuticals because they didn't need them anymore for mood swings and anxiety. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot PTSD, of- substance abuse recovery. Some of my clients that are professional athletes will take a lot an extended ice bath before a game because it helps with performance anxiety. Uh, it helps to quiet the mind. And I even have some clients and customers who are actors. And so prior to going on an audition, it's great to take an ice bath so you can stay in that parasympathetic state, stay in that calm, mindful and intentional state. And your nerves aren't getting away from you. You become stronger than your emotional reaction. That's one of the most beautiful parts of this practice. Fantastic. And with regards to somebody who's really going through a lot physically and has a lot of physical problems, are there counterindications or things to watch with regards to certain physical conditions if you want to give cold therapy a try? Yes, there are. One of them is if you do have a pacemaker. There is something about the shock to the system or the way it's just not advisable. If you do have a pacemaker to take an ice bath, that you could do a cold bath, 65, 60, 55 is really the magic number to start seeing benefits. If you could get anywhere at 55 degrees, you're still going to see some beautiful effects. Mm -hmm. And I have been told that 
pregnancy. So if you're actively pregnant, that there can be some contraindications there, specifically the first trimester. Although I've also met women who started ice bath practice while pregnant and moved through their pregnancy with it, or have started prior to pregnancy. I've also seen women struggling to conceive, take an ice bath and within a week to two conceive and then have a baby. So this is, that's happened twice, which is really interesting. So one woman said, what's good for me is good for the baby. And I think that only we know what is truly best for our bodies. And even though it is a shock to the system, what shocks are we looking for? It could be shocking to step outside into sunlight when we've been in our office all day. There are different ways that we shock our systems. So I also say any amount of cold is a good amount of cold. So any amount of cold that makes you uncomfortable, you're going to be working through something, you're going to be creating a benefit. Even if all you do is fill a bowl with ice and add water and dunk your face a few times, then your hands, then your feet, you're going to experience a benefit. Even if you just take a cold shower, it's my least favorite. I'd rather sit calmly in 33 degrees than be pelted with 70 degrees. But anything that you can do to create a slight discomfort around cold water so that you can work through the emotional process of that, you are providing a benefit to yourself. Oh, and there is one other it's called syncope, which is fainting caused by extreme temperature change. And if that is something you've experienced, I say move through it cautiously. I have helped a client recover from that completely through fainting from heat and fainting from cold. So I think sometimes too, some of the contraindications of cold are also cold is the answer to those contraindications. So It's interesting. It's interesting. And typically when people say, oh, I can't do it because of this, or I don't want to do it because of this, we like to say, that's probably the reason you ought to do it. (laughs) Whatever reason you're telling yourself not to do it is likely the reason you should do it. Excellent. And to get a more clear understanding about the following, what is the difference between an ice bath and cryotherapy? So cryotherapy is cold air, typically nitrous, and it will affect the surface of the skin. It feels pretty cool. Literally, it feels pretty cool. The thing about cryo is that it doesn't penetrate the skin. Also, when you're in a cryo chamber, if you're using nitrous, there is a risk of burn. So Antonio Brown burnt the soles off the bottoms of his feet because he pushed a little too far and overdid it. In cryotherapy, there aren't those same risk factors in cold water. Also in cryo, they have you cover up your hands, your feet, your ears, your head, like you're covering all these parts that I believe ought to be exposed in order to create that vascular health. And in cold water, you're penetrating deeper than the skin. So with cold air, it's on the surface of the skin, cold water, you're penetrating deeper into the skin. I believe that cold water is more effective in a shorter amount of time and has a greater impact on our health. Makes total sense. And A lot of people do cold therapy after a workout, but apparently it's also very beneficial to do ice bath prior to your workout, right? Yeah, yeah. We're discovering through our friends at ARX Fit that if you do your ice bath and then work out, you could get 10 to uh, 15 to 20% more gains from your workout. Wow. If you are, if you are combining it with workout, it's just important to remember that if you are going for big muscle gains, you want time after your workout for that inflammation to do its job because there's a certain amount of inflammation required when you're building muscle. So I'd wait three ish hours post workout. If gains are your goal, if gains are not your goal, feel free to hop in there 30, 45 minutes after a workout, help reduce that inflammation. So you're not as sore for your workout the next day. That's uh, And mm-hmm. we love using workout warm up as a recovery to cold. We just did that also helps with testosterone, which is important for men and women. We do have some scientific journal articles on our website under the journal section about each of these topics as well. So if you guys are interested in, Learning some of the science behind that, those articles are a great great way to dive in. Fantastic. And I want our audience to learn a bit more about the Morosco Forge. What makes your tub so special? We make any of the others that are currently on the market. They will probably tell you it's not important to make ice. So they'll say that they get super cold at 39 degrees. 
Here at Moretzko Forge, we believe it's important to get to those freezing temperatures below 35. So our ice bass will actually maintain 32 to 33 degree temperatures because we believe in the importance of activating that. And we believe in the change that happens to your metabolic health below 35 degrees. So the number one thing that sets us apart is that we make our own ice. The number two thing that sets us apart is that we have a specifically designed micron filtration with ozone disinfection system that requires no use of harsh chemicals. You do not have to add bleach, peroxide, chlorine, algae, aldecide, descummers. You don't have to add anything like that to our ice baths. And in fact, you can add about eight pounds of Epsom salts to increase your magnesium intake in our ice baths, which is also a really nice um, little boost for your health. That sounds amazing. And especially your filtration, your system, because what we absorb via our skin when we expose ourselves to regular water, most people are not even aware of the things we're putting yes. in our bodies. I love that you can add Epsom salt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes the it makes the nice difference. It makes the ice a little slushier versus big solid chunks. And sometimes we like to use the lavender ones too, because the smell is really nice and it just feels good. It feels good on your muscles. It feels good mentally. And we could all use a little bit more magnesium in our lives, that's for sure. Absolutely. And the method you developed, the Morosco method, it's it's not just practice to immerse yourself in cold water, it's the lifestyle. It's also an attitude, you know, how to actually move past and move through the discomfort. And there's a question I ask every guest in the podcast, and it's about the practices that you have in your life, elevate your life experience, mentally or spiritually. And obviously the cold uh, baths is a major practice of yours, but are there any other practices that have yes. just changed the better? Yes. Yes. The Morozka method is about bringing natural healing in an, into an unnatural world. And so getting out in nature and grounding and moving the body through yoga and breath work and meditation is all very important to me. I do also love infrared sauna and steam sauna. I love uh, red light therapy. I am such a big fan of red light therapy. Oh, yeah. And I do believe in intermittent and extended fasting. I think our bodies need that reset. And when I do occasionally ingest something I'm allergic to, or I do have an experience where I'm just feeling a little off, removing food from my equation has the ability also to provide me a reset. So practicing mindfulness and intention around food, around movement, around meditation, around relationships, around energy, that too is also part of the Morosco method. Fantastic. And I'd like to get your take on, I'm also, I love red uh, infrared sauna. We have one at home. I love red light therapy. Love it. Yeah, we have a panel at home. So with regards to red light therapy and what frequency and how long do you use it for? Because there are opinions out there to say, do not use it every day, only use it for a certain amount of minutes. What is your experience? What way do you fare best with it? Here's the funny thing about that. We got this super, we got a panel. We started with just one panel from Mito Red Light, which is also based in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I had it in my contrast spa at our studio here in Phoenix, and I was using that as my office space for a while. So I was going in and I would turn it on and I'd be like, gosh, that 20 minutes, but that one panel felt so good. I'll do another 20. Mm. I'll do another 20. I'll do another 20. And I thought, gosh, can you overdo it? Can you overdo the red light? And it was probably about day two or three. I don't remember exactly. And it was probably the second or third session in that day. And all of a sudden, I looked up across the room at the red light and I had to go turn it off. I felt full, like my body felt full. I can't like I not like I just eaten too much, but like energetically full. And I don't know the frequency or the hertz on this panel. It's just like one panel about three feet high by one foot wide. And I turned it off and I thought, 
Now I know I can overdo it on the red light. <laughs> and now that panel resides in our studio. So I don't have access to it all the time. However, I did just get a small travel one that I've been using just over the last four or five days. And I'd say any amount's a good amount. Any amount is a good amount. And nah, you're going to know when you're overdoing it. You're going to know. And we each need something a little different. And I think it's different when you're using the ones that are concentrated. So if you've got a muscle injury or whatever, and you're concentrating in an area versus a panel, and then how much skin exposure, am I fully clothed sitting in front of that panel or am I in a bathing suit or am I nude sitting in front of that panel? Because that the skin exposure has an effect as well. So I say, start small. If you feel good, it's okay to bump it up a little bit. It's also important to remember minimum effective dose. We don't always. Sometimes when people get out of a two minute ice bucket, I feel so great. I want to do it again. Yes. That's a great feeling. And there is a such thing as overdoing even those natural modalities. So just re reignite that conversation between your body, you and your body decide, do I really need more? And if your body's done, listen to that conversation back, because I think we all need a little something different from the cold, from red light, from fasting from our food regimens. We all need to create this cocktail that works for us. And to keep in mind, even when we think we've discovered this, our greatest regimen, our best practices for our ultimate health, we benefit from changing that up from time to time. We're humans. We're not meant to be in routine doing the same thing day in, day out. So switch it up. That even is, when you think you found the perfect recipe. <laughs> that is Excellent advice, Adrian. Thank you so much for your input here. And for people who would like to learn more about you, more about the Morosco method and the Morosco Forge, where can they find you? Where can they reach out? Okay, so we're going, I'm going to be scheduling, I think, one workshop per month to certify new deliberate cold exposure guides starting in 2022. My next workshop is here in Phoenix, October 9th and 10th is a Saturday and Sunday. If you are interested, you can find me on Instagram at Adrian underscore Jezik or at Marotsko Forge. You can also find us on the website, www.marotskoforge.com. Or you can email info at Marotsko Forge if you have any general questions or basic just knowledge stuff, whether it's about the Marotsko method or best practices or healing journeys um, or our ice baths, that is the best way to filter you to the correct person. And you can also hear me on my podcast, The Marotsko Method, where I share the experiences of people and their journey through the cold and natural healing modalities. And thank you so much for having me as a guest today. This is such a lovely conversation. Oh, my, the gratitude is all on my side, Adrian. This was really a wonderful and enlightening conversation. And thank you for inspiring me to get back into making ice baths a part of my routine. It's been too long. And thank you also for being a not only a voice, but also somebody who puts out methods and, of course, the actual the Morosco Forge out there for people who really need deep healing and also just want to optimize their lives. So thank you for making time today, Adrian. It was a real pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. And also keep in mind, deliberate cold exposure meditations on our YouTube channel under Morosco Forge. So if you're just getting started, that's a great way. Just press play. Excellent. I will do that. Thank you so much. You're Adrian. welcome. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.